The need to communicate and collaborate on a global level has created a proliferation of cloud-based tools for businesses. But with new channels come new gaps for hackers and many new security blind spots. You need full threat visibility across channels with a solution that works at the speed your company does. Perception Point's multi-layered platform provides the most robust threat prevention on the market. Perception Point advanced collaboration security designs for the modern enterprise. Visit securityweekly.com forward slash perception point. Welcome back everyone to Paul's Security Weekly. If you have a specific guest or topic you'd like us to cover on one of the upcoming shows, submit your suggestions for guests by visiting securityweekly.com forward slash guests. Complete that form. We review those on a regular basis. In this segment, we welcome Lawrence Nunn and Ricky Tan. From 2018 to 2021, Lawrence led the United States Cyber Command's operations to protect the country's logistics and defense industrial base. Lawrence has been involved in advancing technology at all levels of military command for two decades. Today, I'm sorry, I don't have uh, a bio for Ricky, I don't think, uh, yet. You'll have to introduce yourself. So... Uh, today, no, they, both, they both join us. Oh, keep, keep going. Oh, sorry. He joins us today to discuss making cyber accessible to everyone. I do have a bio for Ricky. Ricky Tan has over 15 years of experience of applied cybersecurity in various fields to include penetration testing, digital forensics, network engineering, systems administration, and security architecture. Ricky is also the host of Cyberspatial, a YouTube channel with over 140,000 subscribers making cybersecurity more accessible to people. Lawrence and Ricky, welcome to the show. Hey, thanks for having us. Hey, thanks. Great to have you both with us. Um, I guess, Lawrence, go first. How did you get your start in information security? (laughs) I think years ago, back in uh, 2000, I was uh, at the academy, and um, we we were just starting the cybersecurity-type discussions uh, we were, we we thought we were we were hot stuff because we had flat screen monitors, you know, like the fifteen inch ones. Oh wait, and, so you must uh, be talking uh, about the Naval Academy then. <laughs> <laughs> There's only one academy. Whoa. <laughs> <laughs> so Ricky and I are both from both from West Point. Yes, the Naval Academy is a good school too. Uh, so that was my other guess. See, all the, all my previous guests lately, and everyone talking to has had a Navy background. I don't know what it oh, is. Really? Like, yeah, like my last few guests, like have all like in prep calls I've been doing, have all had a Navy background. So I'm like, my mind is in literally in in like the Navy land. So no, no, I to- totally un- totally understand. But even back back then, it was it was it was fantastic. Um, we were we were getting after just so wait, West Point. That's yeah. that's the Marines. Right? Oh no! Wait. Oh here. God! Oh God! <laughs> okay, we all have to leave now. This is why we're not drinking here anymore. <laughs> we can't walk off this thing. I mean, it could have been worse. I could have said Coast Guard for crying out loud. Come on! Well, now. Yeah, you could have said Coast Guard. <laughs> Merchant. Everybody, Marine. I mean, they have great bases. Uh, you know, don't, don't <laughs> let that. Don't let feel you. They're all near the beach. Right? Yeah. yeah. Right. <laughs> We're hanging out with Baywatch. I mean, <laughs> Baywatch. <laughs> so, 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 no. I, I, I think um, I spent a lot of time that I spent a lot of time just starting to think about that uh, at a very young age. In high school, we were, I was I was doing some things very basic, obviously back then. Um, and then, you know, my all of my degrees are in are in technology, computer science, advanced mathematics, uh, system engineering. So. Um, 
it was a natural fit for me just to continue down that 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 path. Uh, and and when there was an opportunity to do cyber in the army as a career field, uh, I wrote some of the first um, uh, informational papers about creating a branch. Uh, later, some of my colleagues took that and actually fleshed that out even more. Uh, and and I like to say I was the first cyber officer in the in the army because my my packet to go cyber operations was in seven minutes after they announced the uh, the opening of the branch. So mm. uh, it's a it's a running joke, and uh, I, I've just I had a lot a really good time both forming it and and uh, spending time as a cyber operator uh, in the army. Ricky, how about yourself? Yeah, so I mean, I was. Uh been always interested in computers starting from computer games i was really bad at computer games so that led me to you know hex edit stuff and that takes you down a mm. rabbit hole of hacking online games and then you get into the hacker underground and then you discover oh there's this thing called backtrack oh, let me let me throw some of that at my neighbor's uh wi-fi let me go uh skim my mom's credit card so i can buy computer parts so that was like the very early beginnings that I think were very formative for me. It wasn't until uh, going into uh, the academy that So like I mom started. and neighbors got like the free pen test kind of thing going on, unbeknownst to them. Yeah, you know, the full asset inventory. The, right. you know, the, the I, I actually thought that story was going, and then the judge says you can either join the army or, <laughs> <Right>. yeah. <laughs> I prefer not to go there. We leave that part out. <laughs> you know, we'll just say Ricky had permission. Let's just go with that for now. <laughs> Kids, if you're listening, always get permission before you hack anything, okay? Or at least call it a free pen test. Yeah, yeah no, I mean, this, this was anymore. back when, like, you know, the, I think it was a bit more Wild West, and uh, there, there weren't oh, no, no, as no. many the, the people made examples the, of. The Computer Fraud and Abuse Act was probably on the books at this point in time. Just throwing it out there, Ricky. <laughs> Oh yeah, and it's very limitations. very broad. And yeah, it's, uh, it's yeah. We're going with the statute of limitations at this one. In this one, I use that a lot. I agree. Yep, yep. That's a good one to go with. Let's go with that. Paul, I was I was actually in your class in 2012. I'm sorry. I, <laughs> <laughs> I, I had to bring it up, man. Oh, no, I had wait. to bring it John up. Stra John Strain was teaching that one, so you're good, dude. You're uh, good. Yeah. Yeah, but your name first. Yeah. You know, well, we, we just went with alphabetical. Uh, I was just the teacher's <laughs> assistant, so it was my job in that class to like help the students. And when I wasn't helping the students, I was monitoring the students to make sure you didn't hack each other. I don't know if you're, yeah, that you remember happening. that. It was like literally five minutes. Like we all at Black Cat, where you must have been in the same class, Lawrence, right? I don't think yeah. it was you. I don't know. Maybe it was you. I don't know. It wasn't. You wouldn't it wasn't. admit it if it was. <laughs> but like we get everything. All the students in the class network together. Yep. And John's like, please do not hack each other. He's like, we're <laughs> watching. And I'm like in the back of the class and I'm like, we're looking. And I'm like, five minutes later, I'm like, you know, like what John said, like we really meant, because like the person with this IP address, you need to stop end mapping with these options across the network. And like people are turning around like, oh, shh. I remember that. Like, how I does do. he know what end map that. options that was using? I yeah, it was, yeah, I it, was, it was fun. It was fun. Well, that's, that's, that's good. So what else? Um, I was just having a nostalgic moment. So you were in that class, and did that inspire you to do anything? Or well, I, I tell you what, yeah, absolutely. Oh, um, you know, I, that's really where we started. I, I went from there, and uh, 
to create your um, own classes to do better than what we were doing. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> no, I actually, I went from there, and 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 that's when a lot of the work started to create the cyber branch uh, for the army. Um, so I took a lot of the lessons I learned there to try to there and in other courses that I was taking to kind of. So what you're saying was I was instrumental in creating this you're, branch. Please. You were instrumental <laughs> in the formation of the. <laughs> so, if I was instrumental, I'd be the tambourine player or some shit like that, right? Yeah. <laughs> yeah so I, I think I think from there though it was it was important because they they actually I, I did all of that work and I was I was I was hacking boxes and doing CTFs and 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 all of that stuff and and the army was like, hey, go to the joint staff. That sounds like a fantastic move. Uh, but it ended up being being really really good uh, just because I get I got to see uh, the problem from a different level uh, and and all of that has helped me to not only formulate what Ricky and I are doing now but also to inform some of the things that I was doing even at the more tactical level uh, in the army. So so, so wait, was, Lawrence a, and Ricky, how, how did you guys meet? Was it at West Point or was it later? Uh, Ricky, do you want to tell this story? You do a better job of telling the story because <laughs> uh, you know I, I still get PTSD from from the experience. I can't I can't recall it without triggering some deep pain. <laughs> so this is so Paul. So Paul, check this out. So so um, it was fantastic. Uh, General Cardone was the was the commander for for Army Cyber, and he he brought me in his office, and he wanted me to solve a couple of the cyber problems that he had. And he said, he told me, I was like, hey, all right, boss, how much money do I get? How many people? He was like, so about that. And I was like, all right, I need seven dudes. He was like, seven, that sounds good. And I was like, but I get to pick them. Mm. He was like, uh, okay. So I linked up with Ed Scotus and uh, Mark Baggett and a bunch of the crew from Sands. We put together this this crazy assessment. It was a week long, basically haze. I mean, uh, cyber skill assessment. Mm -hmm. um, and so I had like 30 people come up and we were in Maryland. They all sat down behind computers. I walked in and I was like, you have, you have 24 hours to get to level five. And I walked out. And then all of, all of the guys from Sands came in. We were playing terrible music. They were, they were doing capture the flag. They were solving puzzles. They were learning. They were executing. I made them write oots, papers. Oots, 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 and from, <laughs> yeah, exactly. And then from that, I picked seven people uh, to come and do this special program. We call oh, interesting. Center. So you had a, a, that was a test. Yeah. Because I feel like in the military in general, like, my grandfather tells this story, which is interesting. Like a higher ranking person will come to you and say, I want you to solve this problem. And my grandfather uh, was on a boat in World War II, like going over to fight the war. And he was sure. going to be a translator. Like he was just like hanging out. And there was like a horrible problem in the kitchen. My grandfather's Italian. I'm mostly Italian, despite my last name, mostly Italian. And so my, they bring everyone together. And he was like, I need someone to take over cooking because everyone's getting dysentery. And my grandfather's like, look, I'm Italian. I can cook. He's like, but you got to give me three people and I get to pick. And like, I yes. got the parallel from that story. And the, yes. the captain of the boat was like, absolutely. You pick them and the you people. go fix the problem. And he did. Uh, it's about the people. So yeah. Ricky, Ricky was number one. I scrapped him. I, scra mm -hmm. you know, I scooped him up and I said, let's go solve this problem. Um, we went and got, got funding from, from the army. 
and we we did big things. It was fantastic. It was a fantastic experience. Um, and 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 everyone that was on that program is now doing something amazing. Like all of them. What was the goal uh, of the program? Was it to do like training? Like what were these seven people? What was their mission? Oh uh, yeah. So we had. So I can't go into too much of that. But what I will tell you is like that was right around the time that ISIS was being stupid. Mm -hmm. Um, and we we had a bunch of other things going on in the Middle East, and um. You know that we were charged to go take care of some things, and they were conducting the, cyber operations. Yeah, okay. it was fantastic. Yeah, it was really it was it was it was, it was really great. We were we had a great support crew, um, some from from some defense contractors, and it was it was a fantastic fantastic experience. And I think what we learned there is immediately catapulted us into what we're doing now. Yeah. Like, so no wait. So you guys came out of the <clears throat> came out of the army and yep. created your startup? Yeah. So tell tell me about that. How did how did that come to So this is this is again, so one of the things that you know, one of the things we learned while we were doing this, uh you know, doing special programs out of Army Cyber was, man, people really don't know their networks. Like they really don't know it. It's it it's it's almost it's a little embarrassing. We have companies that that build exploits for the federal government that don't have firewalls, right? Have no network logging, no host space logging, no nothing, no hosts, uh, no heads, no nothing. No, mm. Like they hook up into Comcast. We have we have large organizations in the military that that have like no network security monitor at all, no network security monitoring at all. Um, and I think a lot of that is changing. Uh, there's a lot of great folks in the CIO shop that are that are getting after that problem. But we we noticed that no matter where we went, people could not engage in conversation about their network. Right? They they could not visualize, they couldn't describe, they couldn't explain. And because of that, um, there was we we ended up not being able to solve those big problems. So, for example, but, you have but wait, your house. Lawrence, there, I mean, there's two problems there you just identified, right? There's like, I don't know what I have. Yep. And number two, like, even if I did, I can't really communicate what I have yep. or what some of the issues are with, with what I have. Exactly. Mm. Exactly. Like, and I mean, and even, so there's a couple of things that I was thinking through, um, you know, during this time. I was, you know, your security manager would say, hey, don't get on social media. It's bad. And you're just like, well, what? but I have, I mean, like, but that's where everybody, I got it. Can't you just give me some tips on mm -hmm. what I'm going to do on social media? At the same time, we have Russia's, Russia's going to hack you. So let's be secure. Okay. Well, what does that mean? Tell me what that means. How it do means I, when you're on uh, social uh, media and a Russian fake account tries to friend you, you should say no. They know. <laughs> that's, hey, you know what? That's better guidance than what we would get from our, yeah, right. from, from our security manager sometime. I'm not kidding. Mm. You it's know, not same Russian as, fake account. It's real account. <laughs> What's wrong with you? <laughs> so what we did? So what we like, did? Look, the, the 27 year old nice looking lady is not out of the blue totally trying real. to friend you on social media. Most likely. <laughs> That's right. I've been working out, and mm. it matters. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, because we're not that good looking. Yeah, we're not right. We're, like, yeah, let's, let's be honest. Yeah, Speak it's yourself, flattering man, and all. Okay. But, uh, <laughs> so, so really, uh, what we found out is that you don't know your network, you can't communicate it, and you really don't have people. Really, don't have context. 
So it's awesome to have an asset inventory. We have a list. I mean, and people are starting to do that and that's great. But if you don't have context, like you have an asset inventory and it's completely worthless. For example, your R and D server. Well, Billy needs it in the needs said he needs, uh, needs to be able to access the R and D server, you know, where we have all of our, all of our plans and, and, and Billy needs that. So we're going to put it in the DMZ so that he can access it better. Right. And, 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 and Say that, you no. would, what's that? Hell no. The hell is right. Well, that's all, but, but, but again, but if you can't see yourself, if you don't have context about your assets, you cannot make good decisions and you definitely can't make good decisions quickly. The, the military calls that situational awareness. And we've, they've done a lot to try to get after situational awareness. And that's what we set out to solve. Right. And, and I think, you know, we, we've talked before, but it's, it's, it's solving that and solving it at a price point that makes sense. Like it, that's Gartner really that, that, that trifecta, right? Um, Gartner, Gartner, doesn't Gartner call that um, uh, cyber asset attack surface management? Um, you know, I, I, Gardner has a lot of stuff out there. I mean, I think what I no, what I, I think what I, like put it, is, I, I think Josh, sorry, Josh, to your, sorry, Lawrence, but Josh, to your point, I think they do separate asset management from attack simulation. No, or, they don't. No, it's, attack it's surface management. Is it? Is it both? Did they combine that? It's CAASM. Yeah, yeah seriously, that's interesting because combined, like yeah. Rumble does something different from. Uh, ah, yeah. what's an ASM? Someone name an ASM vendor because I have a mental block. Uh, Jupiter One, Axonius. Those um, would be what I would term as asset management, not attack surface management. Good lord, I did the testing of these things too. <laughs> I, I used to look at this thing. One of the things that's, that was fantastic, I don't know if you guys have been over to the uh, Momentum Cyber and checked out the Cyberscape. No. Have you ever seen it? No. Uh, yeah. No, I have seen that. I have seen that. And and it's got like every cyber company. Wait, am on I there? supposed to have seen that? I don't know. I mean, oh. it's sorry. Psycognito and... is one of the vendors I really like in the attack surface management uh, space. <clears throat> yeah, there's, there's a lot of players in that. Sorry. Yeah, I, yeah, and I think when I when we look at it, you know, it is hey, call us. It'll take three weeks. For, or you know, it takes three, three days. Our salespeople will call you back, and the first question they're going to ask is, "How much money do you guys, you know, bring in? What's your revenue? Um, you know, and how big is your company? And are you going to cut me a check for at least a hundred thousand dollars? Because if not, we need to cut this off because I'm not going to make my numbers." That's typically and, how how it, I mean that's that's a lot of times how it works, man. I know, and that's why, mm -hmm. and it's a problem because mm -hmm. I I see I have my personal security problem product i can go get bitdefender i can go get you know mcafee i can go get semantic or whatever i can go get those things um and then on the outside i can go spend hundreds of thousands if not millions if you want to have ridiculous levels of understanding and tracking of your assets but, you, but you're right though as a as a smaller company we we're talking a little bit about this with with gmark hardy right like what what yep. what's a smaller company i think we established that as around 50 employees you know <clears throat> sub a thousand employees you know when you get above a thousand employees then you you start so the S up a yeah bit, the sba right? yeah sba already kind of knocks that out right they they, they, they kind of line that up for you but it I, i'll tell you that it's different by industry sure uh, yeah but like most most of the time lawrence like look look like here's the facts if i'm yeah. a smallish company 50 to 100 people or so 
I've only got so much time and resources and budget for cybersecurity. If I'm going to a company that's like, oh, you need to talk to a sales team and get an enterprise quote, like instantly, and I apologize to any sponsors who are ever like, but this is just my gut feeling. Like I'm in it for at least 50 to 100 grand a year. And I maybe don't have that in my, like it's going to be a hard if I'm, justify, I'm not saying I can't justify that, but if I'm justifying that, it's got to have a serious return on investment, right, for yeah. that. Like, it's yep. not only helping my internal security, it's helping me sell some shit to increase my bottom line, right, to justify that amount. And that's not every solution on the market, for sure. No, you're, 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 you're absolutely right. And that's what, that's what we saw. People would just say, well, you know what? A three-letter agency is going to show up and tell me I'm hacked at some point, and then they're going to help me fix it. So I'll just wait till they show up. Yeah. Well, that's not like a that's, great strategy. That's yeah, what, right. That's yeah. what, and and that's only after the plans, all your weapon systems, your mm-hmm. your exploits, and everything else have been exfiltrated, and they're sitting in, you know, some foreign foreign country's you know intelligence vault. So, like, we 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 see that there's a problem. We understand that you know here are some of the symptoms, and we're like, so we have to you have to solve this problem where I've got to I've got to provide something to. Uh, to our customers that is that's fast right to set up or, or actually or completely um, frictionless to set up right easy to understand right and if I need to bring in help the help isn't going to charge me you know a hundred thousand dollars plus just to come in mm-hmm. to do the work and that's really what we set out to do because that's what we were doing um, on on uh, in the military mm-hmm. even when i was on the cyber national mission force we would go to these defense and industrial base companies uh or we would go to these different different uh, networks and we would try to um inform them about hey this is how you increase your security posture and we would bring in these big heavy tools that they could never rerun afterwards mm-hmm. right it was too big it was too much i love myself some security onion but you've got to have you got to have like a group of people to run that thing if you're going to keep it up. Well, yeah, so, it, you need one pretty smart person to set it up, right? I've worked a lot with Doug and yeah, uh, but you're right, it's the maintenance of it that requires the team and the process and the diligence to update it. Not like I set it up myself. Yeah. And it's great. And then yep. a couple of months go by and I'm like, crap, haven't touched it, haven't updated it. Disk's probably full, <laughs> needs to be updated. I'm like, now I'm looking at like like a significant time investment to get that up and running, right? Yeah, a- a- absolutely. And I think that that's something that everybody needs. Like people can use that stuff. But I think that there's a there's something that has to that fills the gap as a lower barrier to entry and and can bring more people into the fight. Yeah. Mm. Yeah, and, yeah, and you know what's funny is that when you look at the world of physical security, anytime you want to keep something safe, like for instance your studio with all the expensive lights and cameras and stuff, the first thing you do isn't to you know, you know, you, you you go buy a security camera, right? You install it. It streams a video feed. You set up some monitors, and you have one person watching that feed. You don't have a whole team in a security operations center reading raw sensor data and translating that in the Wireshark equivalent or SIM equivalent into a picture that you can just show people. Hey, some some dude came to our uh, studio at midnight and tried to you know break down the door. Oh, and the Amazon delivery guy came in, right? Yeah. That's or the kind like of in my case, random show. drunk people just push my ring doorbell and run away. <laughs> 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 Thanks. Thanks for Damn that. Damn it. Thanks How'd you find that. out it was me? 
<laughs> because I've got another camera pointed in the same direction and one in the parking lot. So now they get you, I got your car too. <laughs> so the question is, where is that ring camera, right? That is super uh, affordable that you don't have to pay 50, hundred grand, yeah. right? Yeah, you can just go, go, go buy it and, and you can use it and get immense value, get immense visibility in, into a space. And, and that's the thing. You can't really protect what you can't see. And so in, in the military, with the whole situation awareness, we spend a lot of money. We invest a lot into cameras, drones, satellites, inventory, right? Whether you're guarding top secret facilities or gold vaults, right? Even at the micro level, when you look at your health, right? Doctors, they have x-rays, CT scans, MRIs, and all these tools help them see deep inside your body so they can do a better job. Um, like they can say, Hey, look, that's, that's a tumor. And what kind of tumor it is? Well, uh, it looks like this. And so we can make a decision on whether we need to take the knife open versus your, maybe your great granddad before World War II, uh, they only had some hacksaw and some whiskey, Right, and just amputate that part of the network segment <laughs> when you know it gets infected. That's really graphic. That's the that's the military <laughs> version of air gapping. Yeah. <laughs> it's like, yeah. Give me a hacksaw and a bright light. We'll and figure a it out. Of whiskey. There you go. <laughs> Chew on this leather strap while we saw that off. Yeah, and yeah, the bottle is not just for the, the network, patient; it's for the doctor the too. <laughs> yeah, you're not you're not wrong. Rip it all out. You're not wrong. So do you do y'all remember the incident where? Uh, Mikey had his place broken into, and one of the things they stole was his security cameras. Who's this? Which Mike? Poor. Oh, really? No, I did not know of this story. It was a couple years ago, yeah. What they did is they, they took the security cameras. Even though they're recording they're off recording. to the cloud? Or I they weren't remember. Recording. Yeah. He was pissed. <laughs> I mean, As he should be. Yeah, that's. Yeah. I mean, well, that's, that's also that's, a strategy that's really too. Really frustrating. <laughs> yeah, because you know, us hypersecurity people, uh, like Tyler, made some great recommendations. He like, dude, this one records locally. Because I'm like, yeah, I'm not sure I want to store this like out on the cloud. So it is. It, it does. There is some risk there. It stores it all on premise. If someone were to be able to steal all of it, um, it would be it would be dangerous, right? And I mean, we all think like, oh, well, like I'll be right. home. Like you're not always home, man. Like that's not that's Tell not me. the you know, those of us that are like, no. oh, like I like to go to the range and shoot some guns and protect my home and like, <laughs> like, dude, you're not home all the time. Like maybe in the pandemic for like a couple of months you were home all the time and that was fine. But like <laughs> let's face facts. Like all of us like a lot of us right now aren't like Doug and I we're not home right now. You don't have all your kids sitting on the roof with a gun and shifts. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Like, yeah, sometimes the families. I mean, you so you could train your family. That's you, Daddy. What's the password? <laughs> I have my, considered my, that. So like, my, like my kids young, right? My kids are firearms young. Firearms training for the whole family. We could defend, but like, no. That's and then not, Paul gets drunk and forgets the password. You know, and they're like thunder, and Paul's like, "Oh no, whiskey." <laughs> it's just not a reality. It's just not <laughs> no, a bourbon, yeah. Dad. So, bourbon. So, so Paul, like, so no kidding. What we what we went into was okay. How do we do the two things? How do we take this data, right? How do I throw something on, on the network, or how do I not even be on the network and just be able to interpret uh, traffic logs, configuration files, etc., and then put that in a picture that's easily digestible for someone, and then so now. I can brief them. I can brief leadership. I can brief the CFO to get a bigger, bigger budget. I can say, Hey, here's the network. This, this portion of the network 
you know what? I'm okay. We can take some risk here. But over here on this side, we really can't take risk. We need to spend a little bit extra to at least protect this because this is where all of our crown jewels are. This is where um, the things that are most important to us are. Yeah, and I, th I think. Yeah, that, and that, I mean, but guys, this, this is a tall order, right? To take this data and be able to explain it to senior yeah. management and or the board that that is a challenge. I feel like it's a really big challenge, right? Because I think a lot of us we get enamored with, well, like, hey, I created this Visio diagram and let me show you all the, you know, the firewall rules and all these arrows. Like the green one means there's you know traffic flowing, then blah 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 blah, blah and you've already lost them, right? How do you well, grab exactly. this data and communicate it? Well, I think, you know, you brought up an excellent point with the Visio diagram. How much time did you spend making that Visio diagram versus how much time did you actually spend building you know, uh, actual information, putting information onto the graph or to or actually building your story to talk to your um, to the leadership? Right? right now, we have entire career fields dedicated to building Visio diagrams. Mm -hmm. we, we have to automate that piece and then we can start to build stories. We automate the building of the graph, automate the ingestion and the visualization of the information. And now we can actually do the hard work of telling the story, uh, visualizing, describing, and then ex or visualizing and explaining what's next to every to 360 to the subordinates, to your leadership, to your peers. Uh, that's where the hard work needs to be done. And what we've got to do and what we what we're, we're striving to do right now is to aid the people that have to tell the story by doing all that hard work, building the network map, giving them the information, basically a visual sim for them to then take to uh, the folks who have to. Make I mean, that, that's that age old like obstacle wall that has been. I mean, when I was an undergraduate, I was a sysop. And the first thing they told me was they said every morning when you come in, you just sign off on all these logs. And, you know, yeah. the, the stack was like, th you know, three feet high. And I'm exactly. like, I, I don't have enough time to go through all that. And they're like, yeah, just sign it. It'll be fine. Just sign it. It'll be fine. But yeah. I mean, I mean, that, I see that all the time. And that that's sort of that growing pain as you go from like, there's three of us. And I go, yep. hey, Paul, are you seeing this? To, you know, now I've got 200 employees and I, and I, I don't see it all. And I, and I yeah. suddenly get just this unloaded pile of paper or whatever, Visio diagrams that are trying to explain this. That's a very challenging thing to be able to do because I need to look at this, but I don't have time. And I'm getting called and saying, oh, yeah, and the email server's down. Can you fix that first? And I'm like, yeah, okay, I'll get on those logs later. Exactly. Do you remember uh, back in the day um, playing those mud runners? Where uh, you know, it's like the RPG in your command line, and oh, you know you have dungeons, to kind of yeah. type yeah. type what happens. Can you imagine playing Call of Duty or League of Legends or whatever video game inside of a command line or inside <laughs> of a sim? Ooh, right, tracking uh, every cool. single event that is happening, and this and, and you have all these different analytics that's giving you the trajectory and the speed, and some new like AI based detection that's going to generate you more telemetry, telling you, you know, giving you more insight about the nature of the. Yeah, but Ricky, I'm ammunition. sure someone's created an ASCII art doom. Like I'm sure. It's <laughs> like if you click your heels twice and search the internet, someone's created an ASCII art. Somebody has created that right. for sure. And, and the question is, somebody's created it, but nobody's playing it. No, it's just to oh, prove some, that you can do it. Like no, I can play somebody's Doom on my playing watch. it. It's somebody's awesome. playing it. No, they are. There, there's somebody out there right now who's like the world master of ASCII <laughs> Doom. I'm a, 
You know, they probably got a blog and a podcast about it. Like, I'm looking that dude up after this. I'm, I'm looking him yeah. up after Yeah, I'm, me too. I'm going to go I find him. After? After? I keep yeah. my um, go ahead. I'm sorry. What's that, Josh? He said after. I'll be putting it. Uh, it's it, it exists. It's in the- <laughs> he's, already, he's already a level one power user. <laughs> look left. No, just look left. No, look left again. Look left again. Two steps forward. Oh. It's in Discord now. So, a bullet strikes you from thirty-seven degrees. <laughs> yeah, and, and so, 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 no kidding. Um, so, what we've, what we are, what we're building, and we're beta testing right now is 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 a is a is a product that um, allows you to. It's a SaaS based right now where. You can upload um, packet captures or logs or config files into a project. It maps out your your topology. So, boom, you have a map from PCAP. Mm-hmm. We map the underlying topology. We passively fingerprint the devices, um, and uh, you know we'll put a CVE overlay on top of it based off of the passively uh, fingerprinted devices. Uh, and 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 everything in the in the graph uh, is time series aware. So we're gonna we are getting to the point where you you're not reading a whole bunch of logs. You're watching what's going on. And yes, you're gonna have to segment it. Yes, if you're looking at terabit per second streams, it's gonna be a mess still. Um, but if you know the time period when certain actions are happening you will be able to dive all the way in and watch those logs, watch the network change over time, mm-hmm. uh, and then show your boss because we have we, you don't have to pull out Visio. We've already done that for you. Yeah. So and no I, joke, you know, basically a cybersecurity camera, you know, so you can operate at cyber speed and, and not at Visio or whiteboard speed. Cool. Yeah, that's a great fit. Operate at cyber speed. No, I like is that. that. Is that like faster yeah, than real time or is that real time? <laughs> well, uh, so 60 frames per second. You know, imagine <laughs> you see your network scans, you see your uh, exploits are happening, you see maybe you have uh, EDR data and you want to look at all the uh, file executions down to that level of verbosity. Why don't we just animate for you and give you a nice little timeline scrubber? So after you come to work uh, on, on Monday, you can scrub back. And see everything that happened visually, um, you know, over the weekend. Nice. Where, where, where do I watch my life count go down? <laughs> oh, that happens at the same time. It happens at the same time. Yeah. So, I think I had a real question in there. Yeah, yeah. And of that course. is, you know, with you're, you're doing this real time mapping of what's going on, and I mean. I could just imagine somebody going crazy and handing this really cool information out to somebody going, where's the red, yellow, green light? I mean, yeah, what, what, no, how are we targeting it? Yeah, so I think, you know, I've been looking at those dashboards for a long time, and I still haven't figured out which one is useful. Um, I, I mean, those the dashboards, they they do a good overview of of telling you, okay, I have my stoplight chart. It looks like red's bad, but we got a lot of red. And somebody said, yeah, but we're working on the red. And they know, and it, there's never a, what does that mean? Right. Um, you know, if, if you have I, I think that the key thing is not just data, it's not just information, it's that context, it's that intelligence, it's being able to say, no, show me this user group, show me this, show me this portion of the network. 
I want to know what's happening here because you just told me that that this is the important part. This over here is not important or it, it's less important. But why is the printer, why is there an SSH connection between the printer and our file server? That's weird. Let's fix that. Um, yeah. I, th and, I think and, Lee, and that's good. Lee, Lee's wanting a churn off face. Do you know, do you know what a churn off <laughs> face Lee knows what a churn off face is. Have you ever seen that? It it was like well, a whole set of a it was all these face when you peel it off. It's <laughs> I, I don't even want to know what that is. <laughs> a turnoff face is where it was actually a thing. It was a whole bunch of theory about this that involved these things called group decision support systems and things like that. Uh -huh. And a turnoff yep. face was all this set of theories about different face or facial features, and people were looking at in academics trying to tie different facial features to components, not of security, but of just like the network in general. And so that you could set this up so that when, you know, you come in in the morning and it's got a big frowny face, you, it kind of gives you a, it gives you an idea that something yeah. bad's going on. And there was, I mean, there was yeah. so many like doctoral dissertations and stuff written about these churn off face things. It's really weird. And it's kind of interesting too. I mean, it was like tying different aspects of your network to these different facial features to cause the faces to look different ways so that when you come in and it's just going, you know, it's like, yeah. oh, that, that would be ransomware. Yeah, so that's a bad one. And you know, it was it's interesting. Yeah, so, I mean, in terms of the, the you know, red, yellow, green perspective, you know, going back to the physical security, wouldn't it be nice to look at your security footage from your cameras and say, hey, show me false color. Highlight yeah. everybody who's a bad guy in yep. red. Yeah. Right, and and we'll just do that. And that doesn't, that doesn't work that well either. But yeah, it's a great idea. So, so I think I was you know more making faces, thinking about so what happens when you when you show the general the ground pounder view. Um, but yeah, 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 yeah. No, it, you 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 bring up an excellent you bring up an a, an, an excellent point there. But I and I I think that's when it that's when it becomes really in, important for folks to know. Uh, you know, what's having a real understanding of what's going on in the network. And I'm assuming what you mean by the ground powder view is now the general wants to wants to d control individual computers. Right. Move left. He needs to move his mouse faster. Is that I mean, like like no, that level no, of micromanagement. No. But that, that's, when you, that's why you need that expert, that master sergeant or a captain or somebody sitting there watching the ground pounder view and saying, okay, exactly. this part is bad and you need to look over there to the right to explain exactly. that to the general. I mean, that... And, 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 and that's where I think when you start talking about scale, if you have a, a, a super large organization, we've got, you know, uh, I don't know, two million different uh, endpoints, you're going to have to segment that off. And mm -hmm. it may look a lot right. like the military does when you have platoons, you know, looking yep. at you know, get responsible for different areas. Absolutely. But now that you actually have have a representation of your environment, and you can look at that from every layer of the OSI stack and, and switch views and, yep. and do deep dives and into the set. That's why I like yeah. what Ricky's saying and what you're saying as opposed to the, the blinky boxes and the turn-off faces and all these kind of things. Yeah. Because the problem with those things to me is that you're missing out on the nuance and you know, you, you, you're not seeing it. So the general can say, oh, the face looks angry today, but that doesn't tell you much. It just tells it you that. Tell you much you right. still got to have somebody who can look at that and go, yeah, but over there is where the problem is. So, yeah. 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 So, so was there another question there? Go no. ahead. No, go ahead. Uh, so okay. I, I do have, I mean, and I, we do have a, uh, a beta that I can, that I can show. Um, 
I don't know if it's appropriate to do that here, but uh, I, I think like having that, it's really clear to see um, like a CV overlay on what it could look like or what your network could look like. I can show share a screen if that makes sense for you guys. I want my uh, network to look good, like green, like all good. Happy face. Never looks like that Happy though. Happy face. <laughs> hey, can you see it? We can. Can you see my screen? Okay, great. So I'm not going to go through loading a project, but it's literally, um, you know, if you want to add a new project, you just you, you just submit the PCAP. But once you have the project up, it it reverse engineers or looks at the traffic. And this is a demo network, a very small demo network that was wired up. We recorded the traffic off it. We plugged in just the traffic, so 100% passive. And here is here's the network. Now, again, this is our just we're we're this is this is very early stages, um, and we only have a few beta users working right now. But if we wanted to go over to something that had you know that had your um, a CV overlay, this is a demonstration of what our CV overlay looks like, and it's a little crowded okay, right okay. now. But you can see you have a computer that has a red screen, and you could be like, hey, why is that computer screen red? And literally has the the CVEs down here. Now, again, early stage. This has every single uh, CVE for this um, for this uh, operating system. But you can you can start to see. And what we were able to do is give context to what we were seeing on networks, and it turned out to be really valuable uh, in both briefing seniors and in determining what our next step were. were I, I never had to ask a, um, I, I not, never, not one time did I ever have to ask a network owner, hey, can I get your maps? Like, show me what your network looks like. What are you trying to protect? Where, how are you set up? How are your defensive set up? I never asked that, not once. I would just say, give me your PCAP. Give me a Is capture. That building like I'm gonna do it myself. I'm sorry. Is that building in like uh, run books or automation as part of like the future development of like how this works? Yeah. You're, you're doing so, this passively now and then you see something and now you've got a, a playbook that identifies with whatever you're seeing and then you can actually pass that off to a you know level one or two tech instead of having to bring in a, an expert. Exactly. Exactly. Or having the or just having the automation or hooks built in. So maybe you have a second monitor where you have your map and then we'll have a, you can continue using your sim, you know, maybe install an agent or a plugin that will highlight everything in your sim, in your Wireshark, every IP that appears in the map. So you can just do a left to right. So now you actually have context when some alert does happen and says some Mac address or some IP address, you can say, OK, where, where is that? Oh. Uh, let me pivot down to the facilities view. Okay, which building is that in? Which floor? Which rack? Right? Which? So it really it's like a force multiplier, as we like to call it in the military, where instead of having a dozen people trying to understand or you know draw on a whiteboard at the same time, you can do the same thing with a tool just using one person. And you know, in the commercial world, it's cheaper and it's uh, much easier to collaborate when everybody's remote as well. Yeah, way easier. That's pretty. That's pretty powerful, honestly. And does does this cover only network traffic, or does it have the ability to understand objects or tag objects as a high value, high asset? 
user accounts being seen on the yeah. network, certain computer accounts or traffic that shouldn't be with inside of that segment. Yeah. So yeah. we have we have a tagging system built in already so that you could tag things. Hey, these computers are VLAN 100. Or you could say uh, these computers are uh, vulnerable, known vulnerable legacy devices. And we can actually create more, multiple views, split screens, so you could see your multiple, uh, your different topologies on the same screen and side by side compare. Hey, uh, given my you know layer two, how everything's physically hooked up, um, where are all the the known naughtiness, right? All the bad users, like the the guys who always click on links. I'm just going to tag that person's workstation so that we we we're, we have a view dedicated to to that person. And I think the well, other thing is, oh, sorry. No, I was going to say not only that, but that, that also has given you guys the ability to do the like snapshot differential views of being able to correlate and look at what has changed, yeah. when did it change, how has it changed. Exactly. And that's where the time series scrubber comes in. You know? But I think the other thing that's super, super pow- powerful that I, I want to make sure that we don't miss, it's when the, you know, the McAfee EPO server is updating in the clear. You see it. When the when your solar winds is maybe talking to someplace it's not supposed to, you see it. I never care about what people say. I only care about the PCAP. If it's you know it's PCAP or it didn't happen. Yeah. And right? and you know, like our, our engine can detect over five thousand protocols and applications, everything from Tor all the way to really crazy, you know, shadow socks or whatever tunneling, DNS tunneling. Uh, stuff like that. So instead of doing the detections for you, let's just show it to you visually so you can, that empowers the human, right? It's really about that human computer interface and improving on that. Because so far what we've done is improve on the computer and the machines. And we really, you know, I guess everyone who's uh, nerdy and likes tech, we like to make our brains, right, understand the computer language. And so what we're trying to do now is like, how can we make the computer help the humans do better at what we're naturally good at, which is pattern recognition. What is, what is the, is there, is there some delay around what's being displayed and your real time ability to ingest at a data stream that's capable of, you know, parsing that traffic as well as like where your logs are coming from. If you're grabbing stuff from AWS, Azure, some of those buckets and ingesting those real time, like you've got a slight. Correct. Yeah, so so there's two things there. So our phase one, we're all post-processing. Give us a capture and we'll process it. As we move to on-prem, everything that we're building is enterprise strength. And that's what's taken the longest time is making sure that we can operate at 10 gig, 100 gig, 400 gigabits per second. Um, it, that's that's the monster, right? Um, and and really trying to make it useful at, at those speeds. That's even the bigger monster because everything has several connections. Now, your computer now, when you log in, when you fire it up, it's connecting to everything all the time, prefetching things, trying to make things as fast as possible for you. So, uh, you know, operating in real time is going to require um, eight, it's going to require VMs on-prem, it's going to require hardware hardware on-prem. But our first step is to allow you to take a capture that you've done because you should be capturing um, and maybe you have a time block and give us that time block, load that time block up and then maybe later come back and do another time block and you can do the Delta 
Yeah. And focusing it uh, more on the professional and practitioner users, because I, a lot of the, you know, in our experience, a lot of the stuff is focused on big companies and big organizations with big budgets versus the practitioner, the guy who really needs the tool. They can't, they don't have that kind of budget. So we're really focusing on the millions of practitioners, professional users, and charging somewhere at a price point that costs less than your gas budget per month. Lawrence, Even though that's and, high right now. Lawrence, and, and, yes, very high. Uh, Lawrence, like Snoop Dogg, Willie Nelson high. Uh, so I wanted to ask you both, um, with vulnerability prioritization, yeah. and I think it's a, a good opportunity perhaps for your tool, because I'm not sure how I feel about it. You know, CISA, NSA, I want to say even US CERT, all have these like prior, not prioritization lists, but like here are the vulnerabilities that we see being exploited in the wild. We've distilled this down. Like CISA just added 14 Windows vulnerabilities. They've got a list of 300. NSA has come up with similar lists. And I, I want to say even other US agencies uh, to limit it to that. Some organizations report uh, and people report having great success with, hey, telling their clients, telling their members, telling their consortiums, hey, we got this list and we reviewed it and we really think you should like focus on these things and remediate these vulnerabilities. I guess my first question is a two-part question. Like, is that a valid strategy? And do you think that could work in, in like your product in, in that kind of realm of recommending what people should fix first? It's a much larger question as well. So it's really, I, I think we, we, we start to get there as far as recommending what people should fix first. Mm -hmm. um, you first have to understand if I'm protecting an ice cream stand, right? I, right. Like, Hey, listen, protect what you want to protect. It's really not, you, you don't need to spend a lot of time prospecting, protecting your ice cream stand. But if you're protecting the information, like, you know, the, the a VC's data room, where they have all the the pitch decks and everybody's funding information and all that other stuff, it's small. Not a whole lot of people. Not a whole lot of people get to touch that. But maybe yeah, you should. But you're right. It's a good example, Lawrence. Just want to back you up on that point. VC firms tend to be a very small team. Lots of money. Yep. Right. Lots of money. Yeah. Lots of money. Lots of money. Lots of impact. And 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 oh, by the way, lots of IP. Lots yeah, of sure. Lots of ideas that that they're that that people give to them um in their in their pitch decks and then they sit there and, and maybe you you shouldn't just have that on your on your you know on an unencrypted you know i don't know i don't want to drop any names but something that's not protected mm -hmm. um so, we've, so got a, I think, we've got an audience question actually if you don't mind go for it Josh. Um, yeah, scaling this to large environments twenty thousand workstations geographically distributed can't you can't get pcaps from everything yeah so, so you're absolutely right. We can't get we can't get PCAPs from everything, and I think that's where um, our sensors. You're going to have to um, install one of our sensors into an enterprise. That sensor will process uh, and just send us the data that we need, the metadata that we need. Yeah. To that, so. And 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 gotcha. even even uh, beyond just completely automating it. Again, focusing on helping the user achieve what what they want. Um, you know. Minecraft, anybody, right? Like some crazy creations just completely manually built. You know, why can't we just allow users to co collaborate 
collaborate in real time and build those maps manually even and just assign because the sysadmin they they know in their dreams right what operating system version profiles that's running right what ips map to what that's in their head if he gets hit by a bus or goes away he loses that you know that that institutional knowledge so let's transfer it into the map and so for the 20,000 endpoint place i mean our system we can handle 200,000 uh, mm-hmm. nodes on a screen 60 frames per second buttery smooth um but being able to build those individual pieces of the map geographically distributed uh, even just manually can can help. And so we're not looking to fully automate completely just with PCAP, but having it suggest and help you. Because it's easy to uh, build a small LAN manually, but it's much harder to build an enterprise, a small enterprise network. If you have the PCAP, we'll get you partway there. We can do Zeek logs, do router configs, um, and we're going to eventually support uh, just about every single type of telemetry under the sun uh, one day so that there'll be plenty of choices to choose from to, to help you enrich your map. Mm-hmm. Lawrence and Ricky, I got five questions for you. They're the same oh. questions, but I'm asking them of both of you. Okay. Are you got, I'm going to start with one, then I'm going to switch to the other. I'm going to ask you the same question. It sounds really confusing, but you, you'll get the hang of it. It's going to flow. So you're ready to play got five it. questions with Security Weekly. Let's go. All right. Lawrence, you're first. Three words to describe yourself. Um, verbose. Um, fun and ex- ridiculously good looking. Is that, that's hyphenated. We'll accept that answer. That Ricky, Ricky. You seem Zoolander. Ricky, three words to describe yourself. A creative, uh, vision, Persistent. Ricky, if you were a serial killer, what would be your weapon of choice? Piano string. Lawrence, if you were a serial killer, what would be your weapon of choice? Apple pencil. Lawrence, if you wrote a book about yourself, what would the title be? Uh, (laughs) 101 Things Not to Do. Ricky, book about yourself, what's the title? How to Become the Most Successful Person on Planet Earth and Live to Tell About It. Ricky, what's your favorite hacker movie? Never seen a good one. I haven't seen that one. Lawrence, (laughs) what is your favorite hacker movie? Oh, gosh. Um, Mr. Robot is a a TV show, so that doesn't count. Um, Half credit for that. Half credit. (laughs) I'll just go with that. Okay. Be mine. (laughs) mine. Lawrence, choose two celebrities to be your parents. Alive, dead, fictional, or otherwise. Uh, Sydney Portier and Eartha Kitt. Ooh. Ricky, choose two celebrities to be your parents. Benjamin Franklin and Cleopatra. Lawrence and Ricky, thank you so much for appearing on Paul Security Weekly. Where can people find out more information about your company? Well, we're uh, on LinkedIn. We have a website at cyberspatial.com. The product's called Teleseer, a telemetry seer. And uh, you can also check out our YouTube channel um, for videos. I'm really delinquent in posting them. There's going to be more coming up. <laughs> yeah, but, but you got, uh, you got a lot of subscribers to your YouTube channel. He's I mean, done a great job. Yeah, I mean, not as many as Mr. Peace, but no one does. So, I mean, there's yeah. that. But you guys are rocking it. 
Thank you. <laughs> Thanks so much, Lawrence and Ricky, for appearing on Paul's Security Weekly. Thanks so much right. for having us. Thanks. Coming up next, the security news. Stay tuned. <laughs> 